0: History of Rodeo in Australia. So, the year is 1953. A champion rider named Alan Woods climbs over the metal railings of a chute and takes up position on the back of another champion, a mare called Curio. Woods secures his grip on the bronc rein, a rope attaching him to his adversary, and the only tool he has to achieve his objective of remaining on her back for the next eight seconds. Curio pants heavily, bracing for the chute gate to open and her chance to buck furiously and dismount her rival, which would see her remain the undefeated champion buck jumper. The chute gate swings open and the battle begins. As Curio bucks, twisting and turning, a storm of dust fills the air, and Woods is thrown up and down above her. Eight seconds, what must seem like a lifetime to the duelling pair, eventually passes, and when the dust settles, Woods is still miraculously in position atop Curio's back, and in doing so has become the most famous Australian bronc rider of his time. Today, bronc riding is one of many types of competition that take place at Australian rodeos. These are big events that show off the skills of cowboys and cowgirls and often draw in thousands of spectators to country towns in outback Australia. But how, when and where did these adrenaline-fuelled social events in rural parts of Australia begin? Let's begin with a little Australian ungulate history. Horses and cattle first arrived on Australian shores with, you guessed it, the British colonists and convicts of the First Fleet in 1788. The horses had been bought in Cape Town in South Africa and included a stallion, four mares, a colt and a filly. The cattle were black Cape cattle and included four cows and two bulls. The cattle, though, had different ideas from their masters. The small herd of cattle decided to go walk about and disappeared into the bush soon after its arrival, to the great dismay of the colonists. The story didn't end there, though. Only seven years later, in 1795, the inhabitants of Australia's first settlement received interest on their lost cattle when several herds comprising now over a 100 head of cattle were discovered across the Nepean River, turning the disaster into a modest beef gold mine. This was also the initial evidence of just how the livestock would easily be able to thrive in the lush pastures of New South Wales, not to mention that you would need some talented stockmen and drovers to keep track of the cattle which would feed Australia's growing settlements in the future. So, the first livestock brought to Australia were for practical purposes related to work and transport, assuming that when they walked off the ship, they didn't run off into the bush straight away. They weren't used for recreational riding and racing, which were yet to become major activities. In fact, it would be a good 60 to 70 years after the arrival of Europeans in Australia that Aussie rodeos would first take shape in the outback at the hands of those early stockmen and drovers. These guys pioneered the first overland stock routes and the vast sheep and cattle stations in the north of the continent. At the time, no other sport could claim such a strong link to the everyday skills and practices carried out by these stockmen and drovers. Riding a rough horse and working with wild cattle was all in a day's work for these men, who earned a crust in the bronco yards of many outback stations and would have been more than keen to compare their abilities and show off their talents. Most stations boasted an untamable horse that no man could hope to mount, and thus any man who claimed to be a decent rider was sure to put his skills to the test on such a beast. Out of these displays of masculinity on the stations of Outback Australia was born the Australian Rodeo, which today can trace its lineage back some odd hundred and fifty years to the very first informal challenges between renowned rough riders, horse breakers, and outlaw buck jumpers. Though it wasn't all about ego and bragging rights that were often earned by being the longest rider on a furious stallion or bull. In fact... The best rough riders often escape the daily grind of working on sheep and cattle stations and could go on to make it big and earn a crust from exhibitions and rodeo competitions around Australia. It was only by the year 1855 that the term buck jumping started to really circulate in Australia. Buck jumping referred to the activity of riding horses, those horses who most vehemently wished to remain riderless, where the rider's objective was to remain in the saddle for as long as possible before being thrown off into the dust. The early buck jumper riders weren't yet called cowboys, which was the American term at the time. But instead, they were known as Rough Riders. Australian cowboys were actually the cattle station workers, usually young boys or old men, who handled the milking cows and did general duties around the homestead. In the 1880s, newspaper reports started to record public rough-riding events, which were taking place in the colonies of Victoria and New South Wales. One of the earliest recorded events was run in 1888 by the National Agricultural Society of Victoria, when they held a rough-riding competition at their annual show. Throughout the 1890s, there were many Australian and some international Wild West shows travelling around the continent. One such show was Worth's Wild West Show, which travelled Australia until the banks crashed in 1893. After this, they then decided to go and earn a living travelling around England, India, Malaysia, New Zealand, South Africa and South America. Proprietors such as Thorpe McConville, as well as talented buck jumpers like Lance Skewthorpe, The Gill Family, Bibi Bros and Colin McLeod, ran many of these travelling rough riding shows around Australia. The travelling rodeos rapidly grew in popularity, providing spectators with a rare chance to view the skills of stockmen as they displayed the talents they had honed during life on a cattle station as they battled with the beasts with which they work. The competitions at these early Australian rodeos were based off specific stockmen's skills, including the ability to stay on your horse for as long as possible and the ability to capture feral or wild cattle. The main events at rodeos included buck jumping, also known as bronc riding or saddle broncs, an event that involves a rodeo participant riding a bucking horse, sometimes called a bronc or bronco, that attempts to throw or buck off the rider, originally based on the necessary horse-breaking skills of a working stockman. The event is now a highly stylized competition that utilises horses that are often specially bred for strength, agility and bucking ability. Bullock riding. Effectively the same thing as buck jumping, but done on a large bull, though without a saddle, just a rope that the rough rider can hold onto with one or two hands. Camp drafting. A unique Australian sport involving a horse and rider working cattle. A rider on horseback must cut out one beast from the mob of cattle in the yard or the camp and then block and turn the beast at least two or three times to prove to the judge that they have the beast under control. Then they take it out of the yard and direct it through a course around pegs involving right and left-hand turns in a figure eight, before guiding it through two pegs known as the gate. Bulldogging or steer wrestling, a rodeo event in which a horse-mounted rider chases a steer, drops from the horse to the steer, and then wrestles the steer to the ground by grabbing its horns and pulling it off balance so that it falls to the ground. This event carries a high risk of injury to the cowboy. And lastly, wild cow milking. This is a team-based competition where the goal is to catch and milk a wild cow, a semi-feral animal that is not used to being milked by people, usually of a beef cattle breed, and they have to do this in as short a time as possible. So, these rodeos continued to grow in popularity through the early 1900s and were usually held in the main country towns of the cattle country, having spread across the eastern states of Australia and South Australia. One of the biggest events in the day was in 1927, when an estimated 50,000 or so spectators were drawn to a rodeo that was organised in Adelaide, South Australia. When the Great Depression occurred during the 1930s, many of these travelling shows went bust, and only a few soldiered on and kept travelling around Australia. Melbourne staged a Wild West show in 1934, which hired the best Aussie riders, as well as a number of visiting Yankee cowboys. Due to the success of the rodeo events at the Melbourne show, the Royal Agricultural Society of New South Wales planned an international rodeo for its 1935 Sydney Royal Easter show in the hopes of attracting bigger crowds than ever before. In 1930, the town of Warwick in Queensland added the American-style contests of clowns, ropers, and trick riders to its program in an attempt to attract even more public interest. During World War II, many Queensland towns such as Charters Towers, Gundawindi, Hughenden, Ingham, Rockhampton, and Toowoomba held rodeos to raise much needed money to aid returned soldiers and hospitals. By the end of World War II, there was a revival of these carnivals, and the tradition of donating proceeds to local charities, service organisations, and sporting clubs was born. Some small-town rodeos, such as those held at Town in Queensland, with a tiny population of 173 people, still showed themselves capable of raising significant funds and once raised around $36,000 for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. In 1944, Sydney had become the epicentre of Australian rodeo with competitions that attracted all of the nation's top rough riders plus American cowboys from Arizona, California and Texas. By the late 60s, Influence from America had left its mark on these Australian events. They were now well and truly known as Australian rodeos, where the Aussie word buck jumping had been replaced by the American equivalent rodeo. Australian rough riders were now known as cowboys and they rode Bronx instead of buck jumpers. However, influence from the United States didn't stop there. American clothing now also replaced the previously worn Australian RM Williams clothing. This is unsurprising, considering that America and Canada were both many decades ahead of Australia in developing and promoting rodeos as professional sports and entertainment. In the year 1977, the town of Mount Isa in Queensland held a major rodeo which drew in 30,000 people, and in the September of 1978, riders from all countries all over the world, including the USA, Canada, New Zealand and Australia, competed in the world rodeo titles at the showground for $60,000 worth of prize money. The Royal Agricultural Society show in Sydney held rodeo competitions in 1980 between Australian and Canadian Rough Riders and have continued to have other international competitions. In 1982, an Australian Bushmen's Carnival Association team competed in the North American Rodeo Commission's Championships in Denver, Colorado, finishing sixth overall. The Australian rodeo tradition has carried on until today, where the successes of these first daring stockmen and drovers take their chances week after week on the highly competitive pro rodeo circuits touring not just Australia, but also Canada and the United States. Rodeo culture is now a firmly cemented traditional part of Aussie outback life and sporting heritage. It's one of the biggest sporting and social highlights of each year for many rural and regional communities in Australia, where millions of dollars for community charities and projects are raised every year. Today... Rodeos are generally held during the spring and summer periods and are typically arranged to avoid date clashes so that their competitors can take part in as many events as possible. The biggest one takes place in Queensland, with the National Titles Rodeo held on the Gold Coast every single year. Some of the large events in New South Wales are at Tamworth, which hosts a huge rodeo at the Australian Equine and Livestock Events Centre. And in Omeo, Victoria, each year, there's a large rodeo with lucrative prize money for the bronc riding competition. For all of these events, the prize money is usually obtained from donations and entry fees, with the main prize money reserved for the open camp draft event. So, it seems clear to me that through Australia's younger colonial history, the Australian rodeo has represented the beating heart of the outback, where men and beasts are pitted one against the other, where any hard-working young man or young woman can forge a path from cattle station to professional rider in the spotlight on tour around the country or even the world, where for a few days a year the smallest of towns can overflow with the activity of a city, and where rural Australia come together for a good time and often throw their money and support behind a good cause. So, if the chance ever arises, guys, go and check out An Australian Rodeo. So, at the start there, we mentioned Alan Woods and the Mayor Curio, and I thought that I would read a poem called The Legend of Alan Woods and Curio, written by A. Gale. In outback Australia, nestled well out of the way, a monument of a horse and rider, I came across one day. It stood back from the roadside, there for all to see. I knew that here, without a doubt, was a piece of history. Well, I've never been a horseman, but I respect the men who are. Whenever there's a rodeo, they come from near and far. Now, this is the tale of Alan Woods and a little Brumby mare, who fought their way into history, won the rodeo circuit there. Curio was three years old in 1945. Macumba Station was here home, for that's where she was sighed. They sent her off to Maribel, this wild eyed bucking mare, to remain unridden for eight years and become a legend there. Curio was the feature horse at Marabel each year, where the best of all Australia were invited to appear. In October 1953, young Alan Woods was there, to make his name forever in an answer to the dare. Now, ten seconds isn't very long when you try to hold your breath, but it feels like eternity on a cyclone dealing death. A mighty roar rose from the crowd as dust flew from the course, some cheering for the rider, some cheering for the horse." The bucking style of Curio was something grand to see, a legend in a lifetime that was now in a memory. She died in 1970 at the age of 28, leaving behind four fighting sons to follow in her wake. Alan Woods was a household word that spread across the land. If Harry Morant were there that day, he'd have surely shook his hand. While many noted riders were there on the day too, but none as proud as Allan Woods before the day was through. And so I left the monument of the man and horse out there, with flying hooves, flaring nostrils and dust that filled the air. And I fancied I could hear the crowd of people cheering still, with the squealing bucking curio sounding loud and shrill.